0: hey folks and welcome back to another bonus episode this week i'm doing something a little bit different uh i am actually launching a new podcast so if you're interested go to dev Influencers, that's with an S, devinfluencers.com slash podcast. You can check it out. I'm pretty excited. We are going to be talking about how to become a dev influencer and why you want to do that. And this episode, I'm going to be talking about why to become a dev influencer. Now, if you're getting this on Friday, uh, you're right in the middle of getting a few episodes about why you should become a dev influencer. So, just a few things to dive into, and I'm going to talk about some of the reasons. But Basically, I'm going to talk about some of the things that some of the reasons I've had for being a dev influencer. And to be honest, I'm going to talk through some of the reasons I had at the beginning, some of the reasons I had at the middle, some of the reasons I had leading up till now, and, and then the reason why I do it now. Because all those reasons are kind of different, and and I've kind of evolved in why I do what I do. And, and I want to walk you through that. But I am launching the podcast. It's the Dev Influencers Podcast. And yeah, we're going to teach you how to build an audience, how to help and serve your audience, and then how to get what you want from your career by having an audience. So let's just dive in and talk a little bit about this, this journey, right? Did you work your tail off to get that senior developer gig just to realize that senior dev doesn't actually mean dream job? I've been there, too. My first senior developer job was at a place where all of our triumphs were the bosses and all the failures were ours. The second one was a great place to continue to learn and grow, only for it to go under due to poor management. And now I get job offers from great places to work all the time. Not only that, but the last job interview I actually sat in was a discussion about how much my podcast had helped the people interviewing me. If you're looking for a way to get into your dream job, then join our Dev Heroes Accelerator. Not only will we help you get the kind of exposure that makes you attractive to your dream employer, but you'll be able to ask them for top dollar as well. Check it out at devheroesaccelerator.com. So, initially, when I got into podcasting, I was actually a listener, right? I listened to podcasts, and I was listening to one show in particular called the Rails Envy Podcast. I was a Ruby on Rails developer, still am, got paid for that, still do. In particular, the thing that I really, really loved about that show, they were they would just share news about the Ruby on Rails ecosystem, and I was listening to Greg Pollock and Jason Cipher, and uh, you know they were just sharing new stuff that was coming out in Rails. Rails was pretty new, and so there was always new stuff coming around in Rails, and I just I thought that just sounds really cool. It sounded like fun, right? And so I, I wanted to start a podcast, not out of any sense of becoming famous or well-known or anything like that, right? It just sounded like fun. And to be perfectly honest, that should be a part of your podcasting journey or your influencer journey, no matter what, right? If you're not enjoying it, (laughs) honestly, I feel bad for the people who are doing it because you know, out of some sense of, well, I just want to be famous or I just want to make money, right? Because you've got to be miserable because it is a lot of work. It really is a lot of work. And so if you're not getting some sense of just, hey, this is fun. This is a great thing to be out there doing, you know, some sense of satisfaction from it, find something else. Seriously, <laughs> find something else. You know, go write that killer app. You know, go write, go write Twitter while you're working on um, Blogger or whatever it was that they were working on when they wrote Twitter, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah, I just I, I just can't see it, right? So, so initially it was just for fun, right? And so I start you know, doing it. And pretty soon it turned into, hey, I get to meet all these really cool people. Right. And so that that was another reason that, that happened. Right. So, I mean, almost right off the bat, I emailed Greg and I said, hey, I want to start a podcast, but I didn't want to duplicate the Rails Envy podcast. Right. We didn't need two of those. They were covering the news in the Rails community just fine. And so I asked him what I should do. And he said, we'll interview people. Right. And so episode one, I interviewed him and I've talked through this a few times, you know, various shows, probably will do so again on the Dev Influencers podcast. But, you know, I I interviewed him and then I think my next interview was James Edward Gray, who I'd seen speak at a conference at the Mountain West Ruby conference. And then I interviewed a bunch of other people on the Rails core or were doing cool stuff. I I think pretty early on, I interviewed Tom Preston Werner, who had, had just started GitHub. I mean, back before... They were picked up by Microsoft and, you know, now they own like half of Microsoft or something. It was it was that kind of a journey. Right. And so I was finding all these mentors and and having all these opportunities to talk to just really cool people. Um, I you know, and so on. I interviewed people who were on the Rails core team. I kind of got into a kick where I was interviewing people who were part of Apache Foundation projects for a while. I actually, got myself invited to ApacheCon, and they they gave me a ticket and they set me up with a room so I could interview people there. Right, that was what like 2010, and I had been a professional programmer for like two or three years and a podcaster for about the same amount of time. I mean, it was just kind of a wild ride, right? And and so, you know, it just it just gave me opportunities to interview all these really cool people and to meet people. And and that became part of the journey. Right. Was just meeting people. And then, you know, we, we started Ruby Rogues. And from there, it was it became more of an opportunity to talk to my friends every week and to talk about stuff that I really loved every week. And I was getting that out of Rails coach slash teach me to code at the same time, right? Where I got to get on and talk about stuff that I really loved and really enjoyed. And I I had the opportunities to kind of delve into different areas and explore them and go do some research. And it was an opportunity to learn. And so that was a motivation for quite a while. But Um, this was different, right? I I got to talk to my friends, but I also got a ton of just mentorship, right? So as I was exploring ideas, I could bring them up on the show and then I would get these opportunities to get feedback from, uh, these men and eventually Katrina. And then, you know, as Jessica and some of these other folks joined the show, you know, some of these women as well, who had a lot more experience than I did, Right. And so I would bring up some idea or something that I'd read about or, you know, studied or, you know, read a blog post about or read a book about, and they would fill in the gaps, right? Or they would tell me, oh, well, we don't do it that way anymore. (laughs) Or I mean, all kinds of stuff, right? And so I would get all this mentorship, you know, and it wasn't necessarily them looking over my code, though that did happen sometimes. A lot of times it was the kind of mentorship where I just would have the opportunity to have them help me along my learning journey and grow and oh my gosh I mean you you can't buy that kind of coaching well you can I guess but I mean these were these were guys that were really invested in my journey and you know the people I interviewed same deal right I mean I got to get on and ask them about the things they were really good at. And I knew what they were really good at, right? Because they were on the core team or they were building stuff around what they were really good at. And so I could go and I could learn and I could explore and I could grow. And anyway, it was really, really cool. And then well, I wanted to learn more about JavaScript. And so I started the JavaScript podcast. And I was in this Skype group with a bunch of other guys who were helping me do better at freelancing. And so I started the freelancer show because I wanted to get better at freelancing, right? And, and essentially they were coaching me every week, right? And then I decided I wanted to learn iOS and that never really materialized, but the podcast did, right? And we were doing iFreak Show, right? And I think that was part of my initial resistance to starting Adventures in Angular was just that I didn't really see the need to learn Angular, right? But those guys wanted that show. And, and that's, I think, where things kind of turned, right? From hey, I'm getting coached or, hey, I'm having these learning opportunities come my way, these coaching opportunities come my way, these opportunities to kind of put ideas out and have people give me feedback on them or shoot them down or give me better feedback. And then instead it turned into, hey, I'm building these shows because these communities need them, Right. And so I felt like I was making a difference. Right. And so and and I I kind of got some of that in some of the other ways. Right. So some of the other podcasts, we we definitely saw that. Right. So we had some topics that came up as a result of, you know, inviting some people like Jim Wyrick from the Ruby community on. Right. And basically saying he'd, he'd be like, what do you want to talk about? And we'd be like, well, what do you want to talk about? Right. Because you know, it was like you're Jim Weirick. You know, we'll talk about whatever you want, right? And and it turned out that he came on and he talked to us, and then he'd go and do a talk about what he talked to us about, and then he, you know, these ideas would go and circulate around the community, and then people would write blog posts about it, and then they'd refer back to our show, and then he'd refer back to our show, and then, right? And so, so these ideas would start to. F- filter through the community and, and they, they'd circulate. And so it it got to the point where we were impacting the community. Right. And, and it was this community impact that became the reason. And we, we really, I felt we're having a positive impact on the community. And to, to a certain extent, that really is a lot of the reason why, um, I still do the shows, right. Is that you know, we're able to highlight people or highlight ideas or highlight libraries or highlight, yeah, just, just different things in the community and have a real conversation about them where then people can go and they can explore the different aspects of that and we can push these things into the limelight or push people into the limelight. But the other end of that is is that we can also have conversations by proxy for the community, right? So if we have 1,000 or 2,000 or 10,000 or 15,000, right? JavaScript Jabber, I think, at its height, of course, the, the measuring stick has changed over the years, right? Um, you know, just as a side note, things are moving much more toward a standardized download numbers approach for podcasting. And they've gotten a lot more restrictive as to what counts. And so our numbers have actually grown in some ways and shrunk in others, if that makes sense. Anyway, at the height, we were measuring like 20,000 downloads per episode, right? And and so, you know, we'd have this conversation essentially in front of 20,000 people, and then those 20,000 people would go have those conversations with the people that they worked with or the people that they were coaching or the people that they were interacting with or at conferences or places like that, right? And so it wasn't just... Hey, there's this blog post, and then it would get a ton of traffic, right? And people would go read the blog post, and then play the episode back, and then go have a conversation about it. But sometimes it'd be something that was, you know, brewing in my head, or brewing in AJ's head, or brewing in Jameson's head, or brewing in Dan Shabir's head, or brewing in Amy Knight's head, right? And so we'd get all these ideas, and you know, we'd be, you know, it'd be cooking in there, and then somebody would go, "All right, we got to do an episode on this," right? And so we we do it, and it would turn into this, this thing that people would go to. Or we'd get someone like Brendan Ike on the show, right? And he would tell us this history of JavaScript and where it came from, right? And then people would kind of take us back and forth and front and back uh, about all of these ideas, right? And so as we worked through this history of JavaScript... It would inform. Oh, this is where this came from. This is what this means. This is why this is the way it is, right? And so then people, we, we'd see it crop up, right? Oh, well, you know, you know why that is, right? And somebody else on Twitter, no. Oh, well, it's because of this. Where'd you learn that? Oh, in this interview, right? And so, I mean, all of these different things, you know, just came from all these different places, and it was it was these kinds of ways that we enrich the community, so to speak, that were just so powerful. And and that, that became a big part of why we were doing JavaScript Jabber and some of these other shows. The other thing, though, is that around this time, and to be honest, it was kind of a weird way to balance some of this stuff back in what, 2014, 2015, was when I went full time on the podcast. So uh, just to give a little bit of background. So 2010 was when I went full-time freelance, okay? I got laid off from my job. I got a severance. I got, I've got i told this story before, so I'm going to kind of summarize it. Probably hear more about it on Dev Influencers Podcast. That's at devinfluencers.com slash podcast. But I went freelance. Anyway, the next year in May, which is uh, uh, May of 2011. So Ruby Rogues, as I record this, is about to turn 10. We started Ruby Rogues, Right. Anyway, I was freelance for a few years, and I got to the point where I had, I had a handful of freelance clients, and yeah, I had like three or four of them, and I was working on all of them part-time, and I was juggling that. I was doing like a day or so on one, day or so on the next, right? And the issue became that the podcast took up a lot of time. I didn't have time to juggle the podcasts and everything else, right, and all of my client work. And so I was trying to decide what I wanted to do and I so I dropped a couple of clients and I still didn't have time. And so I realized that at that point I needed to either drop all my clients or drop some of the podcasts. And the issue was was that I was really invested in all the podcasts. I really loved doing them. At that point we had Ruby Rogues, JavaScript Jabber, Adventures in Angular, Freelancer Show and I Freaks. So we had 5 shows and I just I was like I don't I don't know what to do and so, you know, I thought about it and I prayed about it and I thought about it and I prayed about it. And finally, I, the the problem was, was that I was afraid. I was afraid to take the step to go all in on the podcasts because that's what I really wanted to do. And I was afraid that if I went all in on the podcast and dropped all these clients, that I would run out of money and that I wouldn't be able to find clients fast enough to, you know run, run back into money, I guess. And so uh, anyway, um, so I went to my wife, right? Because if my wife said no, then she could be the bad guy and I could go on doing the the freelance work. Right. And so I went to her and I said, okay, well, you know, I don't have time for all this. What should I do? And, uh, she, she must be smarter than I gave her credit for at the time because she looked at me and she said, you should do whatever makes you happy. And I think really where that came out of, and I know I'm off on a tangent, but I promise this will come back around. She looked at me and she said, you should go do whatever's going to make you happy. And the reason is, is because back when I went freelance, I told her I wanted to go freelance and <laughs> she freaked out. <laughs> she completely freaked out. And the reason was, is because she was afraid that I would go freelance. Um, we'd run out of money. We'd lose our house you know, at the time I went freelance, we had four kids. We had, we had three kids. We were about to get pregnant with our fourth kid. So two of my kids have never actually lived with me while I had a full-time job until last September. There you go. So anyway, um, and for them really nothing's changed because I work from home. So anyway, um, that said, so, but I was much happier. I was much, much happier being a freelancer and then working on the podcast than I ever was in a full-time job. And so she saw how much happier I was as a freelancer. And I, once I promised her that, Hey, when we run out of money, I'll go get a full-time job. We'll pay the mortgage. We'll be fine. So this we did. So we went full-time. I went full-time on the podcast. I refunded all of the deposits that I had gotten from my clients and came back and went full-time on the podcast. So that was another reason that I was doing the podcast. Now I'm the reason that I'm bringing this up is because part of the reason that I was doing the podcast then from that point on was because Chuck had to eat, right? Chuck's kids had to eat, right? So it wasn't just a consideration of, you know, I was doing it because I loved it or I was doing it because, you know, these, these things pay off in this way or, because of, you know, these certain, you know, whatever. I would, part of the reason I was doing it is because at that point it was paying the bills, okay? And I don't want to pretend otherwise because it's true, right? And that does change the equation some. And, and so I just want to call it out. That said, though, it was a terrific way to make a living because if you can make your living doing something that you really, really, truly, deeply love, then you should by all means do it okay and that's not to say that i don't truly deeply love writing code and and i do and i love it and i'm good at it right um you know working with the guys that i work with at the place that i work now i really do like working with them i like the project that i'm working on but there are just some aspects of having this full-time job and working on this project that really doesn't have any bearing on what i feel like i'm really called to do that makes it kind of hard. I'll just say it. So, you know, I do want to get back to working on the podcast full time, because that's where I feel like I make the difference that I'm called to make, if that makes sense. Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy experience for your customers? I mean, let's face it, the only way you're going to know that is by actually running it on production. So go figure it out, right? You run it on production, but you need something plugged in so that you can find out where those issues are, where it's slowing down, where it's having bugs. You just, you need something like that there. And Raygun is awesome at this. They, they just added the performance monitoring, which is really slick and it works like a breeze. I, I just, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's like you get the ray gun and you zap the bugs. It's anyway, definitely go check it out. It's going to save you a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of sanity. I mean, let, let's face it. grepping through logs is no fun and having people not able to tell you that it's too slow because they got sidetracked into Twitter is also not fun. So go check out Raygun. They are definitely going to help you out. There are thousands of customer-centric, customer-focused software companies who use Raygun every day to deliver great experiences for their customers. And if you go to Raygun and use our link, you can get a 14-day free trial. So you can go check that out at adventuresindevopspodcast.com slash Raygun. But, But going back, I mean, it did have a bearing on it. And for a while, especially when things got a little bit lean... I mean, that that kind of takes over everything else, right? If you can't pay your bills, then it does kind of become the overextending concern, okay? And so for a while there, you know, that became part of the thing. And the business part of it kind of took over the rest of it. And I lost sight of why I was doing what I was doing. And so as much as, you know, in 2019 and 2020, things got really hard, I think it's been a huge blessing because at the end of the day, it did force me to come back to this and say, okay, Chuck, why, why are you doing this? Right? What, what is it that you're trying to accomplish through podcasting? What, what are you trying to do? Right? What, what difference are you trying to make? And as I've come back to that and realized, holy cow, this is what I want, right? Right? Because for a while there, I was looking at it and going, okay, do I give up, right? Do I give up? Is this even really what I want? And the answer, as I've kind of worked through a lot of these pieces, has been, yeah, this is what I want. This is absolutely what I want, right? And so um, what I've come to at this point, there are a couple of things that I just have to say I I want more than I can even begin to express. And so I'm going to try and explain where I'm coming from with some of this stuff because I, I, yeah, I don't know how to express all of it necessarily with words. But a big part of why I at this point want to be Uh, Dev Influencer. There are kind of three parts of it, and one part of this I know I didn't explain in the episode of the Dev Influencer show, and I'm just going to say it first. Okay, so a lot of people are putting a lot of stock at this point, and I know that some people are going to take this the wrong way, and it may even get me into some trouble, but they're putting a lot of stock into the social justice uh, fights that are out there, and that's not to say necessarily that some people have or haven't been treated fairly or unfairly. Okay. Um, I know people that have been, I know people that, you know, honestly, they they have gone into situations expecting to be yeah, expecting to be treated fairly and haven't been, right? And and that's not right. And I don't know what to say to, to it more than that. I mean, there are a lot of other arguments that go on around this that I just don't really want to get into on this particular episode. So I'm gonna not but at the end of the day i have this deep belief that we're all children of god and that he made us all unique and unique in ways that i don't think we all even completely understand and so as i've come to that and then talk to cuz you can imagine right um we have i mean at the height of java or at the height of devchat.tv we had I think 19 running shows. We've produced over 3,200 podcast episodes. And I have been a podcast host on most of the shows at one point or another. And so you can imagine that I've probably recorded 2000 plus episodes on my own. Uh, Well, you know, with me on them as a host or co host. And so as I think about that, I've talked to a lot of people. I've gone to a bunch of conferences and talked to a lot of people. Right. And so I haven't met too many people that I can honestly say aren't cut out for code, right? And usually that really just has more to do with interest than anything else, right? It's not that they're not smart enough or this or that, right? It it really just boils down to they don't care enough, right, to get good at it because they're just not interested in it, right? So that said, my what I've gotten to is that I've realized that there are a lot of people that are being chased out of code, either because they don't fit somebody's definition of the kind of people we want to attract in code. And this comes from both sides, right? The the social justice folks who want to attract non-traditional looking people, you know, trying to ch- trace traditional people out. Some some folks are doing that. I think a lot of people are just working harder to bring, you know, attract non-traditional people in, which I think is healthy or you get people the other way, right, who are trying to create a counter-movement to that, who are trying to chase, to a certain degree, non-traditional folks out, which is also stupid, right? If people want to come in and they have something to contribute, I think we should welcome everybody. And I think, to a certain degree, I see individuals, to the extent that they want to apply themselves to learn, can bring all kinds of wonderful and beautiful things to our community. And so that's one thing that I deeply deeply believe and really want to bring to the community is if you want to come here let's open the doors as wide as we can and make this a place where you can as easily and happily join us as possible no matter what you look like or where you came from or who you are right let let's let's make this a place where you can come and thrive okay and then the the other thing That and so that's the thing that I don't know that I necessarily expressed in the Dev Influencer Show. All right. So, the other thing that I've realized, and this is another purpose, and I don't know if I explained this one either, is that as Dev expands, we need more voices. We need more people out there actually pushing the community forward. And I see more people joining, but they tend to join the communities that already have a lot of voices in them and not go join the communities that are up and coming and need the voices, right? I mean, we did an episode on Adventures in Angular today where um, somebody from the DevRel team for Angular actually said that she wished that there were more live streamers, right? And Angular's a well-established community, right? And so there's always room, right? So how do we get more people in who are contributing to the community in these places where they need to be? And so I kind of want to create that place where we get more of these people contributing to the communities in these ways. And that's what Dev Influencers is all about. Okay. So I feel like those are two reasons. And then the other reason, and this is one that I actually did talk about in the Dev Influencers podcast and essentially what it boils down to, and this is back to the individuals and back to this place where people can go to learn and code. But I've had a number of people, I did an episode on Adventures in Angular and I talked to, I talked to this guy named Richard and uh, I told another story on the Dev Influencers podcast. You can go listen to that because it illustrates this well as well. But uh, Richard talked about how he worked to pull himself up from the situation he was in, right? And I don't want to spoil it. I want you to go listen to it. It's Adventures in Angular. I'll, I'll put a link to the you know to it if we release it this week. But he explains where he came from in South Africa and just how he came up. And how he found JavaScript Jabber and how it helped him come up. Among other things, there were a lot of other things that came into play. Free Code Camp, a bunch of other stuff, right? But I realized that we, in a lot of ways, are... There are people out there that are looking up what seems like an insurmountable mountain to climb, right? And somehow somebody throws them down a rope, right, and says, hey, there's there's stuff up here, right? There's there's uh, there, There's something up here for you, right? And what I've been put in a position to do is I've been put in a position to go find people like the hosts on our podcasts who actually get to go and find strategic places on that rope and tie a big fat knot in it so that they have something to hold on to they can pull themselves up they can plant them their feet on it and then they can push themselves up a little bit higher right i mean they still have to do the work right they still have to muscle themselves up right to the knot they've got to grab on and they've got to pull themselves up from there They've got to put their feet on it and push themselves up from there, right? We can't do that part for them, but we can sure as hell put as many knots in that rope as we can, right? And I realize that that's the other piece, right? And so, and, and I'm not talking about getting other influencers. I'm talking about the hosts on our shows, right? The shows we put out, the, the hosts that we get, the guests that we get, the topics we pick, we can put as many knots in that rope as possible and all they have to do is be willing to grab a hold and pull and so and that's what i'm doing right that's that's what we're after and then they can climb that rope as high as they're willing to go right and that's back to that idea that we're all children of god and we all have that infinite potential and we can pull ourselves up and and that's what i'm about right and so that's where my dev influence, right? That's where that pays off for me because I see these people pulling themselves up, right? I see these people, you know, straining at these places in the rope where I've been able to put a handhold or a foothold and, you know, work to to get a little further higher. And that is a huge payoff for me, right? Every time I have somebody take me aside and say, Look, I don't know if you realize, but it made a major difference, right? I don't know if I could have done it without JavaScript Jabber. I don't know if I could have done it without Adventures in Angular. You know, um, I probably would have gotten stuck without Ruby Rogues. You know, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you measure that, right? And then a lot of these people, they tell me that, and then I find out that they're helping somebody else up the, up the mountain, right? You know, they get down there, and they're pushing, Right. They're, they're getting under somebody's foot and they're pushing, right? Holy cow, you know? So I made a difference for them and they're out there making a difference for the next person. I mean, I, I can't even tell you what that means to me. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to express it from here, but but that's why I do it now, right? Is I'm I'm looking to create a community of people that puts those knots in that rope and you know makes the mountain a little more approachable hey folks if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages then you're in luck we're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after christmas 2020 without the ads signing up will help us pay for editing and production and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium anyway that's that that's why i do it now so if you're looking to do any of those things as a As a dev influencer, right, you want to make that kind of a difference for people. And I'll tell you, because a lot of people are going, okay, Chuck, you know, you talked about all this stuff, you know, and, and, you know, getting coached by these people. That sounds awesome. Right. And making these connections, that sounds awesome. Right. And usually people start out looking at it as what's in it for for me. But I'll tell you, at the end of the day, the level of satisfaction you get from helping somebody else out, it's it's immeasurable. But if you're if you're just, you know, looking at it from the other end of what's in it for me, as long as you're putting out something that's in it for them, for that audience, it, you'll get what you want. You'll get what you want. There's a quote from Zig Ziglar. He actually says you can get what you want if you will just help other people enough. Other people get what they want. And boy, is that true? That is so true. Yeah. Go out there and help enough other people get what they want. And uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up here. But uh, if you want to be a dev, uh, dev Influencer, go to devinfluencers.com slash apply. Just put in your name and email address. It'll actually take you to the application. Uh, if you put in some information, I think you're a good fit. Um, we'll set up a strategic call and we'll get the ball rolling. For those that I'm not seeing as just quite ready yet, um, I am working on something for you. Uh, I just don't have it ready yet. So, uh, keep an eye out for something within the next few months. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be pulling the trigger on that sooner rather than later, but, uh, I do want to get this accelerator rolling first. So if it's a good fit for you, I will definitely be reaching out to you later on. But honestly, I mean, let's get on that call. Let's figure out where you're at. Let's figure out where you're going. And then let's go tie some knots and some ropes and help some people, you know, pull themselves up a mountain. All right, Max out everybody.